Hello, what the fuck is up, duelists? And welcome to Pod of Greed, the only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast sponsored by Kaibacore. Official. AKA Battle Tour. Battle Tour. I'm Sarah, aka Ishtar Voice. My work here is done. <laughs> um, I'm Audrey, aka It's Set, not Seto. That's interesting, actually. <coughs> I'm choking on my tea, it's fine. <coughs> I'm real curious about the dub versus sub names. Because, like, I'm just going to bring it up. Like, Isis actually does, like, come up, so. So, like,. That was a bit of a surprise. Uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like thinking it, kind of thinking about Kaiba and choked on my tea. I'm <laughs> sure that's an experience we can all relate to. Oh, absolutely. Um... I'm always thinking about Kaiba. <laughs> Every day of my life. So um, I wake up. I, yeah, I'd like... like to talk about that. Um, the name. So, in just like very quickly, uh, in the sub, it is Seto as well. It is also Seto in the manga. Um, I like take a lot of umbrage with this in like the official translations and like subtitles in the same way I do for Malik being officially translated as Merrick. But I will oh. talk about that later. Because I, I remember like the the first time I watched this, thinking, "Oh, that's really cool." It that's like Seto is like the J- Japanese pronunciation of the, the Egyptian name set there isn't there's an egyptian god called set right i'm not just making that up i never read i never had that egyptology book (laughs) oh like like there's a lot about it anyway we um so yeah we have me and audrey on the sub dan on dub i believe unless yep um yeah with bonus manga for me for this one with but you're like i like i unsubscribe to shonen jump subscription because I, I just wasn't using it, so I was like, I don't want this on my phone, so I'm subscribed. So, uh, Audrey, you've now taken up the mantle of, as official manga correspondent. Um, you can't I'm, see me, but I'm dabbing. I'm saluting. I'm saluting you. So, this week we watched three episodes, um, starting with episode 201 called The Door of Memories Opens uh, in the sub. Uh, in the dub, it is episode 29 of season 5 and called Memoirs of a Pharaoh. <laughs> that's sorry sorry i wasn't expecting that one i, I was mean, trying it's... to i was trying to think of a memoirs of a geisha joke but then fuck that book though no yeah. i refuse my first note is that for the third time we start an episode with a character who's going finally egypt finally <laughs> yeah, finally um but yeah they're finally in egypt uh, yeah. I think the first thing that happens is like Taya spotting like a gift shop and like Women be shopping. There's like a bit about how hey, you look like a tourist and she points out they're in an airport, so everyone's tourists. Uh Yeah, like there's a line from Honda who's like, oh, we're not here as tourists. Like, fuck off. Let, let also, the girl like, have Japanese some fun. and in Cairo. Yeah. You know. It's fine. Yeah. Japan and Egypt are both part of the Orient. It's basically they're, the same. 
I have that's that's my bit for later. Uh, spoiler oh. alert. Where is where is Domino? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So the Ishtars are here to pick them up from the airport. Sorry, Audrey, what were you gonna say? I just oh, love that just, so much. Though. Just following through with what what Dan was saying um, is that uh, Anzu sees this like tourist trap and she's like, "I'm gonna buy something and it's gonna be something meaningful." And everyone's like woman be shopping and she comes back and she has bought a pendant um Mm -hmm. a cartouche pendant which is an ancient egyptian dog tag essentially do we see it at this point because i like like she pulls it out later on uh like oh right on next scene uh oh sorry but yeah she 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 pulls it out later on and i was like oh my god like i was really like it just made me so happy that like the thing from earlier had like paid off i was like oh storytelling there it is yeah ignore me fun fact though um in the manga because they never go to egypt she buys it in the museum's gift shop well of course or else we should get it (laughs) so yeah ishtars are here best family time odeon's got a drip <laughs> they look good. Here's the thing. The thing about the E stars is that they look really good. Um and like they pick them up to like take them to Kul Elna, which is this village that has been like this ancient buried village that has been mentioned a few times. It's going to be mentioned more. Um it's where the um the door to the underworld that Bakura alluded to last uh last episode is um and so and it's what they've been protecting for all their generations so they pick them up everyone's super jazzed about like the ancient egyptian tourist sites except for yami who's just like dreading the like conclusion of this ordeal for himself but that's okay yeah yeah that i don't think they specifically say it's kolalna but maybe i missed it uh, but either way, Cole is gonna come up later. Yeah. Um, Boy, howdy. Uh, as they... As the gang, like, enters this sort of, like, underground, uh, tomb room... Oh, someone disconnected. Uh... Sarah, apparently. My router downstairs was working completely, perfectly, 100% fine. So, I don't fucking know what was going on. Okay. Uh... Where were we? But you're back, and that's what matters. Um, Dan, you were talking about the Ishtars. Right, so... Okay, keeping up with the Ishtars. (laughs) When we uh, left off, uh, the gang was, like, being taken by the Ishtars to the uh, sort of tomb in Kal Elna. And, like, there's, like... Wait a second, the tomb's in Kal Elna? Oh? Oh? I'm, oh, I don't know what it. It, if it actually is a tomb or not, but, like... Before we get to the actual place, I just want to mention the fucking car scene, where it's really funny to me, because Honda is looking out one window, like, oh, wow, pyramids, and Andrew's looking out the other window, like, oh, wow, there's the Sphinx, and then oh, yeah, Yami's, that's sitting, Yami's sitting in the middle of the car, looking directly ahead. He's so mad. He doesn't want to see any of that shit, which is just really funny to me, because imagine you're like, yeah, I'm a pharaoh. I don't have any memories of being a pharaoh, though, but I'm still a pharaoh, so I'm not going to look at it. And I... also, all the Ishtars are, like, in the front seat being like, yo, the pharaoh's in the back seat. <laughs> yo. Yeah. 
um, Ishtar's God... in the front, Pharaoh in the back. Uh... Which seat will he take? Oh, also, there's like a bit about, hey, what happened to the Sphinx's nose? And Joey's saying, you wouldn't believe it. Which, yeah. you know. I've read, I've read Asterix and Cleopatra. I know what happened to the Sphinx's nose. Hmm. Uh... So it's a fun joke for Europeans out there. Yeah, so I know what Asterix is. <laughs> I've never read it, but I know what it is. They arrive in Kulelna. Um, it is definitely Kulelna. It is, like, mentioned... Again, it's it's mentioned... It's not necessarily mentioned specifically in this scene, but, like, it is mentioned, at least in the Japanese version, um, in other scenes, that that is where the tablet lives. Listen, Aubrey, and... if you say it's Kulelna, then we know. It's Kulelna! It's fucking Kulelna. Um, they take them to Kulelna. Um, like, ships passing in the night... The Easters are like, cool, our job here is done. Peace. <laughs> it's like, well, we did it for 3,000 years. Now let's, let's go get a pint, lads. Job done. And they just, they just leave the Yugi Tachi in this crypt. It's fine. Uh, oh, yeah. They'll be also, fine. Two of them yeah. know how to drive, kinda. But, but wait, who else is there? Overlooking a cliff, it's Bakura. Oh, it's shit. It's Fred Bakura. How Yay! did he get there? We just don't know. What is we he doing there? Know. We also just don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find out. Um, yeah. We so... have a little scene with Anzu like grappling with the reality about how she always calls the pharaoh Yugi and she's like, but that's not his name. And then gives him the cartouche and it was just really sweet. It yeah, was just I... like really sweet. Yeah, like the whole thing about the cartouche that they explain is like, like people would carve their like memor carve like memories and like like things that they remember in there and like Yami's is blank but the idea is when he gets his memories back he can start carving stuff into it it's yeah like i follow a bunch of like museum archive and egyptology related like instagram accounts and shit like that um, and, like, every time one of them posts, like, a cartouche, I, I do, like, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. I'm like, oh, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> uh, things start to escalate very quickly here. Um, mm. <laughs> so, Yami presents the cards to the tablet and dies. No, he doesn't die. Um, He's but dead now. He... Show over. <laughs> <laughs> he does get pulled into the Millennium world. And this is what I like to refer to as the beginning of Bakura's Wild Ride. At yeah. this point, um, there are, I counted, five, count them, five different Bakuras that um, exist. So, yeah. hey, re remember that time Bakura split a piece of his soul into a piece of the Millennium puzzle? Yeah, oh, that yeah. one that we were sure would never come up, come up yeah. again? Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. So take a shot, <laughs> take a shot every time there's a new version of Bakura on the screen, um, because here's what I've got for you. There's the police. There's the piece that is in the Millennium Puzzle. There oh. is the piece. Uh, there is the full spirit of the ring that emerges to join um, the uh, piece in the Millennium Puzzle in Millennium World. Uh, there oh yeah, is because like. The version in the puzzle is getting sucked in and then the kind of the main version is like, oh, this yeah. means I can go too and goes as well. 
There is Rio's unconscious body, which falls midway down the stairs to the doom, where it will remain for the remainder of this season. Rip. <laughs> he's um, just chilling. He's just chilling. So that's three. Yeah, three. Then there, there is the Thief King Bakura in the Millennium World. Yep. And there is spoilers redacted that I can't talk about right now. All um, right. <laughs> okay. So I thought you were going to, I thought the two other ones were because there's, we meet Thief King Bakira. Um, Bakura. Um, <laughs> Bakira's theme. Boop, 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 boop. Anyway, so we meet Thief King Bakura like regular-ish like he's in chains being pulled behind some horses and he's like oh no and then like the kind of the light of the rest of the Bakuras like comes and like possesses him and he becomes like the Joker so there's kind of two of them yeah hmm. so so before we go any further this is the um, point where the anime diverges very strongly from the manga so for those of you who haven't read the manga they don't actually ever go to Egypt for this arc. They don't go to Egypt for this arc. They never did. Holy shit. Um, yeah. It turns out that everything they needed to complete the Millennium World arc is in the Domino Museum. So the tablet never gets relocated to Egypt. And more than that, there is um, the Shadow RPG that never gets mentioned in the anime and it's so tragic because it absolutely whips in the manga so rather than going to egypt um basically the manga is like the exact same up to the end of um yami nobukura um meeting yugi in the dark alley and returning the god cards to him except that it wasn't insector or dinosaur who took the god cards it was just like this random dude that Bakura took down. Um, mm. After that, rather than giving uh, Kaiba the Millennium Eye, he gives it to Yugi uh, as a sign, basically, of him being on the same side as him. It cuts directly, the manga cuts directly to the next day of them at school, where Ryo is like, oh, absolute wreck. He has dark circles down to, like, his nose. <laughs> it's so funny. Too, and Yugi bitch. just looks at him and goes, ooh, Bakura-kun. <laughs> Like, and like, Han and Jinochi are like, yo, Bakura, you okay? And he's like, yeah, I just didn't sleep well last night. And Yugi's like, woof. <laughs> um, so they go to school, they have a regular day at school, and then they all go to the Domino Museum together, where they are met by a character named Bobasa. Bobasa's going to show up in the anime as an NPC in Millennium World, but in the manga, he's an actual character. His body right. is a monstrosity, and I don't want to talk about it. But he's a tomb mm -hmm. keeper uh, sent by Shoddy to guide everyone through the Millennium World arc. Right. So Bobasa takes him inside, inside the museum. Uh, Anzu gets the cartouche from the museum's gift shop. Um, mm -hmm. They all go to the tablet. Yami does, shows the cards and disappears. Yugi's a lot more distressed about this in the manga. He basically uh, says, like, I can't feel him at all. He's not in the puzzle and he's not in my heart. I mean, That's he official... also says that in the anime, and I was very distressed by this. Yeah. That's 
he's not in my heart? Does he say that part? I don't I can't remember exactly what yeah, he said, it's... but the general sentiment was Yeah. Really sad. He was really sad. Yeah. The that exact so that's the actual official Viz translation of it, by the way. He's not in the puzzle and he's not in my heart. Which is like <laughs> a lot. Um a lot to take in. But Babasa's like, hey, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, we can get you into the world of memory as well. Like, he's reliving the worst moment of his life, which is to say his death. And he's going to need you guys to support him. And everyone's like, hell yeah, let's go. We're excited oh, to go yeah. in. And it's it's similar to what happens here ex- with mm-hmm. Babasa. So they, we will talk about that in a bit, but they, they find their way into the Millennium world. Except... For Rio, because Bobasa uses the key, which he has been entrusted with from Shadi, to look into all their hearts to make sure that they're all worthy and trustworthy to go on this journey. And when he looks into Rio's heart, he's like, oh, oops, sorry, Millennium Ring owner. There's like deep evil possessing you and you are not allowed to come on this journey. And so... Rio, like, is heartbroken. He runs away crying. Oh. Um, he runs away crying, wiping the tears from his eyes, being like, like, you stupid, fat idiot, like, not letting me do this. Uh, and everyone else goes into the Millennium world. Yami Bakura, who wasn't actually aware that there was a way to access the Pharaoh's memories this directly, um, takes over Rio's body again, very basically immediately after this, brings everyone's um, unconscious bodies, because they're all in the Millennium World now, to a back room of the museum that Rio has access to because his father is the curator, um, where he has set up an absolutely baller RPG. I want oh. to be a player in one of Yami Bakura's games. Oh my honest god. To god. Yeah, I'm sure it'd be worth he, it. He Dying. has an entire like di- dining room table's worth of like size diorama of ancient Egypt, which he explicitly says Rio Bakura was the one to build. He's like, my host <gasps> built this for oh. us. Um um, so he, it's this like huge size diorama that's on a table that is in the shape of an, the inverted puzzle, which is something that we see in the anime, yeah. but like isn't explained at all, but exists in the manga. Um, also in this room are the body, the unconscious bodies of the Yugi Tachi that he drags in there and puts in sarcophagi. Oh my the God. Puzzle, the puzzle, which he... Um, hovers over the table to connect to the Yugi Tachi's bodies so that they can enact, so they can interact with the RPG as NPCs, and also the actual mummy of Redacted, um, one of his characters, uh, the characters that he controls in the RPG. So Holy just very shit. quickly, yeah. So it's it's a lot that goes on, and like I I just want to say it now because. Um, I'm probably going to refer to the RPG in the future, just knowing myself, um, because Mm -hmm. it's sick as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But um, so when Yami goes into the Millennium World, part of him goes into um, 
his past self as a pharaoh, as a player character within the Millennium World, essentially. Mm-hmm. But Bakura basically snags another part of his soul and puts him as the opposite player for this RPG. So the two of them are existing mm-hmm. in this physical space, playing this physical game. And this game has pretty intricate rules, actually. But Bakura's a good DM, and he explains them. So... Oh, Official Viz translation says, Dark role-playing rules. The basic, the basics. Player Yugi is represented by the Pharaoh card. Player Bakura is represented by two cards. Bakura, King of Thieves, and High... Pr- and redacted. Um, within the world game world, both characters can act independently. Each player has their own deck of cards, which are provided to them at the side of the RPG. Um, but the face of every card is blank. When the player envisions an object or person from his memory, a picture appears on the card. For example, if the pharaoh envisions a priest, then that character's statistics appears. The oh most important God. statistic, life points, are displayed as bog gauge. If this reaches zero, then that card goes to the graveyard and the character dives in the game world. By oh paying God. from the bog gauge, priests can summon Ka and engage in battle. When they, the players don't command them, the characters behave according to their real-life motivations 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it goes on to say the, the game featured seven millennium items, which at the beginning of the party are, uh, beginning of the game are in possession of Yami's party, the pharaoh, and the high priests. But importantly... Each of the players has a special ability, which are also really Uh, sick. Up uh, to five times in the game, Yami can declare an imperial order and attack when it is not his turn. And Bakura possesses three hourglasses. Each is a single-use item, allowing him to use one of Redacted powers inherited by Redacted's mummy. So that's the Yami uh, no RPG. Wow. The... Takahashi, <laughs> he did that. He Holy really shit! Did. Can we play this? If we can't play this, we could just play Kingdom by Ben Watts' face. Um, because that's that really long, but it's important. No, 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 no. That like, holy shit! Like, I, I'm like, like honestly speechless because that fucking whips. Um, it's very good to me. So anyway, back to the anime. I would like yeah. really want to read the manga. Oh my god! Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Like eventually, I'm just, I don't need yeah. to be here as manga correspondent because we've got you. I'm here as fucking Orientalism <laughs> book by True. Edward Said correspondent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah, Yami wakes up in Pharaoh mode. He is. Brian and I? Yeah. Like, Which, like, there's a lot to unpack with that, but also it's kind of, make it makes it like it makes sense. Um, and yeah, he's Pharaoh now. He's standing on, like, the king balcony, waving at his people. They're all cheering. They're like, Pharaoh, we love you. Um, yeah. yeah, so beside him is, like, a, he's got, like, an assistant, which has... A veil over his his face, mm-hmm. and and this assistant who signs suspiciously familiar is like, oh, now come sit on your throne, um, and he and Yami gets led back to the throne room and sat on a throne, and it's he's it's the day of his coronation. He's the pharaoh, 
Um, oh. And he sits down on the throne and looks around him. And there's some familiar faces. Welcome to Yami's mad world. All around him are familiar faces. Worn out yeah. places. Dan? Yeah, so like, I just want to mention that like, like Yami's supposed to give a speech, but he has no idea what's going on. So he just says hi, and the people start <laughs> cheering. Oh my god, uh, I don't think that is in the sub. I think he's just supposed to wave. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so, uh, so he he wakes up and he's in in three thousand or five thousand, depending on your canon of choice. Years ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there are six people b- surrounding him. Seven if you count um, Shimon, but half of them, three of them, he's able to immediately like identify. Um, there is. Someone who looks just like Kaiba, there is someone who looks just like Ishizu, and there's someone who looks just like Shadi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On and... Oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, and like grandpa. Uh Right. Yeah, the assistant guy, Shimon, like takes off his veil that's covering his face and <laughs> Yami is like, Grandpa and Shimon just like his eyes get really wide and he's like, What did you call me? He's like, Who's grandpa? I'm your vizier. I've always been your vizier. I've gone by no other names. We may have very similar hair, but we are not related, my man. Um, on the on the other side of these three very familiar faces of Kaiba, Ishizu, and uh, Shadi are three relative strangers. Um, an old nasty dude, um, an absolutely ripped hunk. <laughs> He's so <laughs> and- shredded. He's so shredded. I love him. Um, and someone who looks strangely familiar, but okay, can't Audrey, quite place I it. I didn't... I, the first time I watched this, it took me... <laughs> I just didn't rec- I just didn't get it until, like, the <laughs> thing that happens happened. I, like, had no idea who this guy was. Yeah. Like, oh, new character. Cool. Just mm. a new character. Just someone who is, has no relevance to the present in any way whatsoever. <laughs> um, I just didn't get it. It was really funny. I thought, like, um, the ripped guy was supposed to be, like, Odeon's ancestor. No! Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, he he is the one who really has no relevance to anything else, and it's oh. so sad, because he whips. I love him. But yeah, he's just kind of, like, Yami is very, very confused. He's kind of taken aback by, sort of, Kaiba, Ishizu, and, and Shari. Well, not so much Shari, I guess. Um, And he's just like, who are these people? And Shimon... Uh, aka grandpa, aka his assistant, is like, oh, these are the six wielders of the Millennium Items. You know this, Pharaoh. Um, You're number he seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. number seven. And and yeah, he kind of starts piecing things together. But meanwhile, uh, hey, Bakura time. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, here's, here is the thesis for my TED Talk. Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong. <laughs> okay. It's, it is really, I will say that this arc is, like, really, really difficult to, like, root for the good guys. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're doing exploitation crimes, like, all over the place. Like, it's, there's, there's a lot, the the main, the, I will say that, the main characters, like, the good guys come off as, like, massive libs. 
<laughs> yeah. That sounds about right for the 2000s. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's, like, really hard to root for them, and I don't, frankly, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, because the first the first glimpse we get of Thief King Bakura, who did nothing wrong in the anime, uh, is him being led, as Sarah alluded to earlier, in shackles through he's the desert. Doing, um, he's, you know, he's being led behind a horse because his, like, 12 brothers uh, sold him so they could get his coat and pretended he was killed. And I'm trying to remember the plot of Joseph and the Technicolor dream coat, you I'm know, otherwise take... known as Bible, but he's doing that. I'm going to have to take umbrage with that specifically because a major part of the Thief King Bakura's story is that he does not have brothers or in fact any other family. <laughs> and that is part of why he has done nothing wrong. Honestly, they started out being like, ah, oh, musical theater joke. And then I remembered the Bible. <laughs> So, oh <laughs> whoops. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. he he's kind of, he starts out, as I mentioned, like as sort of a normal person in this world uh, and then gets possessed by present day Yami Bukura comes and then he's like, oh, right, here I am. This is where I start out. It's time to get shit done. Um, and suddenly, like, he's got goons that work for him. And we don't know anything about them. They're just kind of weird people in robes. Uh, They're his shadow knights. Yeah. Are they humans? They seem like robots. Is this... They are... They are... I would... Again, so they they do not feature in the manga. Mm -hmm. um, At least not at at this point. Um, I would say that they are... Magical agents of evil. Okay. Um, Cool. So, they're yeah, not they... people. They're not people. They're. Mm-hmm. I think they are very clearly magical summons of some sort. But who is summoning them and how is unclear at this point. Yeah, they just kind of appear and he's like, I control these guys. It's like, whatever. But yeah, they, they free him and he's like, hell yeah, I'm the bandit king or something. I'm going to go and do bandit crimes. Um, and then we cut back to the throne room where Yami has kind of pieced together some of the fact that you know, everyone looks like people he knows in the present and some things that that might mean. He's like, oh, destiny. I just want to take this moment to say that um, Isis is my McFucking wife and Mahad is my McFucking husband. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I have to say on the matter about them. We respect it. Um, And someone tries to assassinate the pharaoh. As you do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fuck monarchs. Burn thrones, build tables. Isis sees it with her Millennium necklace, and then they kind of manage to catch the assassin. And then she cries out. She cries out specifically to Mahad, who mm-hmm. is nearest to the Pharaoh. Yeah, my husband, the Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, Mahad now now identifies. So this is the first time Mahad has been named. He is the one who looks uh, strangely familiar, but you can't just quite put your finger on it. Um, really he is also the one who he is using the ring. So, mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I I do want to note just like listening to you pe- you two describe this, it does seem like all of the names are the same in the dub. Um, yeah, they're the same that I remember from the dub. I think four ki- even four kids realized they couldn't get away with like anglicizing ancient <laughs> Egyptian names. Right. Yeah. Um, so yes, they they have the same names in the dub. That you are correct, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've caught an assassin, a criminal, 
and then someone, possibly Kaiba or Set even, has the bright idea of like, hey, what if instead of, you know, sending this guy through the official ancient Egyptian courts system, we just use our millennium items to do justice? It does sound like this is a bit more standard procedure in the dub. Mm-hmm, at least for mm-hmm. situations like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in this sub there's a definite feeling of like, we've never done this before, let's try it out. Because I think, again, I think the implication is that like, the, the Millennium items are new and like, they've only just gotten them and they're kind of getting used to using them. What you actually, from my perspective, what you actually get in the sub is um, that this is welcome to a uh, new character introduction roulette, basically. Like, yeah here are here are six new characters and they all have powers welcome to their powers we introduce them now they do like a little dance and sync and they come forward doing jazz hands being like and yeah. my name's mahad um what you do get though i mean it is obviously like a way to introduce these characters it's me it's shada i've got the millennium key yeah. um uses uh the key to identify the Ka in this would-be assassin's heart um this is a big monster Ak- Aknaden, who is identified as the nasty old dude who is using the eye uh uses the eye to pull it out and then preset his name is set it's not seto i know everything officially translated Leads to the Seto, but it is obviously, obviously supposed to be a reference to the ancient Egyptian god set. Please do not at me. We will, um, we, 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 we're, we're all, we're all with you. Uh, set uses the rod to trap it in stone. Yeah, and the stone has the exact same kind of graphic design layout as of a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Funnily enough, well, Pegasus did go to Egypt. Yeah, Yami is kind of there. He has like a little realization. He's like, oh shit, the Millennium items are kind of bad news. Woof. Um, um, my only other comment on this is that Akhenaten can eat my entire ass, and that's all I have to say on the matter regarding him. He's just, like, so crusty. <laughs> I hate him. Um, and yeah, then we kind of, after finding that out, we cut back to present day, where Shadi is, like, explaining what is going on to the gang. Um, he tells them that, like, Yami's inside the tablet, having to relive his memories. Uh, we also find out that Shadi is a ghost, which scares the shit out of Joey. Um, yeah. Yeah, Shadi reveals he's been found dead in Egypt. He's fine, but he's dead. He's fine, but um, he's dead. <laughs> he, acor- so according to the manga, Bakura, he, so he says that Bakura killed him. Um, according to the manga, Bakura killed him about two years prior to the start of the series, actually. So he's been a ghost the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Spirit of the Ring, uh, Shadi states that Bakura also destroyed his body and that the Spirit of the Ring is really just a conglomeration of just, like, a lot of evil. Just, like, mm-hmm. a lot of evil. Just a bunch of it. They don't, like, specify what happened to Shadi's... Well, in the dub, it's more like... That his body was stolen by a tomb robber named Bakura. Uh, they don't say okay. like it was destroyed or anything. He's like, like he's definitely a ghost, but like, but it's also like been centuries, so I don't think it's as much of an issue. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense for four kids. Um, but it was at this point yeah. in watching this that I 
because I never thought about this and I never realised that Yami went into that tablet like fully knowing that Bakura was going to be in there because like you know last few episodes Bakura was like oh hey I'm inviting you to play a game with me in ancient Egypt come for the ultimate shadow game come to ultimate shadow game for an ass kicking in Egypt like Yami fully knew that <laughs> yeah like, Yami knew hours. what he was doing and like told none of the gang because they're all like really shocked. They're like, oh no, shit, like Bakura's in there, like trying to kill him. We've got to go in as well. That's good. Uh, it cuts back to Egypt at this point once sh- uh, Shoddy's ghost has uh, finished catching everyone up to speed. And my note here is um, <laughs> Nobles hate him. This 16 year old robs tunes for fun and lives to tell oh, the tale. It's good. Bakura is just absolutely fucking gaga with accessories that he's stolen from tombs. Oh. It's great. Oh, yeah, I don't think they specify it as grave robbing, but... But yeah, that would make sense. I mean, later on he does build the... Bring the entire, like, fucking dead body and sarcophagus of Yami's pharaoh dad into the throne room. That's still there. Rip to Akhenam Kanan, but I'm different. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're back in the throne room. Um, Sato is like, oh, hey, let's dismember this criminal. I think it would be fun. Um, he's just going in the dungeon. Sato's out for fucking blood. It's great. Um, and then and then Set turns to Mahad and it's like, this is all your fault for not doing a good enough job guarding oh, the yeah. tombs. Like, are you really, are you really up to this job? And Mahad is so shamed and mm-hmm. I want to punch Sad in the um, face. I think, meanwhile, Yami is like in the background and he's kind of like, so uh, what about this fucking shadow game that me and Bakura are supposed to be playing? Where is he? Where is he? I'm here. Where's Bakura? Uh, then like Isis senses the thing Bakura like approaching the palace. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Yeah, her, her, her spider sense tingles. tingles. I'm not sure if I just missed you saying it, but there's like a whole bit about uh, Seto wanting to like get Apnadim to like help him make an army of like of like spirits they've sealed away, just oh, like round up all of the horrible people in the city and get their spirits out so they have soldiers. Because that is definitely in it, but it's like for us, like an episode and a half later. later. Yeah, it's in a different episode. That's. Yeah. Wait, maybe I missed it. Maybe I misread it. That might be in the next episode. Um, yeah. Should we move on to the next episode and then we can do Queens of Games? Who, if we, if yeah, we, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. between the ones. Okay, so we now move on to episode two hundred and two. Meet Bandit King Bakura. Hey, baby, Daddy Long Dick Bakura just touched down. It's episode thirty, The Intruder Part One. Um. God. Fucking. So yeah, uh, we open up with a bunch of horses. The town is being attacked by bandits. They set it on fire and then they head through into the palace. Bakura is leaging, um, laying siege to the palace. And what is actually like interesting to me watching the Japanese version is that for someone whose like, whole MO is murder and pillaging, he warns not just innocent bystanders, but even the guards to move if they value their lives. Which is more consideration than I would mm, expect mm. from him, frankly. Yeah, he's kind of like just busting through on a horse at like 300 miles, miles an hour, like, out of my way! Bakura does like a sick horse leap over the guards. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And my favorite thing is like, um, he busts into the throne room, um, and Yami is kind of like Bakura, but I get the the feeling that Yami was like, oh, finally someone I know. It's so funny because like he gets into the throne room and Yami and Bakura meeting in this world is so funny because they're both like, oh, you motherfucker at each other. While all the priests are like, who is this yeah. insolent stranger? Yeah. The next we scene is back with it again with Shadi, the gang like are going to go into the Millennium Puzzle, which can get them into the, the memory zone. Um, there's like a little thing about how this is a one-way trip for them like if they can't find their way through the labyrinth of the puzzle they'll be stuck in there forever uh, Nugi's just like alright cool let's go in we got back to the throne room uh, and Thief, Thief King Bakura is just like yelling it's great he has a fantastic sales pitch the sales pitch is hey you trade me your cursed Egyptian artifacts for my looted corpse of your father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Art of the deal. Antiques Roadshow, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Instead of the heart of the cards, it's the heart of the deal. Uh, Bakur has got it. Yeah, so he just kind of whips a coffin on in there, huh? Yeah, so so he whips the, the sarcophagus of uh, Akhenam Kanan, the former pharaoh in there, and... Um, Set basically looks at this and goes, unforgivable, you'll be hearing from my lawyers, to which Bakura says, let's go, baby, (laughs) I know the law. I swear to God, he's like declaring diplomatic immunity or some shit. (laughs) I demand to speak to my lawyer. Um... At this point, my other my other husband, Kaleem, is identified by name. Kaleem is the absolutely ripped, um, like powerhouse he also he does have like a bruno bucciolati Um, haircut it's really good he does have a bruno bucciolati haircut uh he uses the scales and uh he's like hey this guy's fucked up like you couldn't tell with the whole corpse thing his cut is shredded just like kaleem just like kaleem yeah they like try to do the whole sealing away the evil spirit thing and for a second, you see, you hear Bakura, and he is going back into, like, the nice Bakura voice. Oh. oh. And he's like, oh, you saved me. And then it's like, just kidding. Huh. Did he really? That's so cool in the dub. I actually pointed out the, uh, I made a special note of this because um, I think it's a really interesting dynamic here. Where in the sub, Bakura asks the priest if they think by sealing his call, he's been reborn as a saint. That is the official translation of uh, what he says. And um, he demonstrates that a bad ka is something in the society that can and should be purged and exercised, which is really fascinating in relation to the concepts of possession that Bakura takes with him as he inhabits the ring and Rio in modern times. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like he's he's there doing my Yu-Gi-Oh PhD, like fucking literally tank talk. Because Bakura is there like being Rio Bakura's like bad car in like present time and shit. Yeah, and it's like clearly something that like can be exercised. And it's like if you do, you think that if you remove the evil from someone, that they become a good person. Cool. So Rio um, Bakura confirmed as saint in modern times. <laughs> Um, 
but yeah, so... Yeah, they... and speaking of modern times, mm-hmm. that's where we're back. Although I do want to give a shot, because, like, they try and take his car out. It's it's Deerbound, which we saw as a deal monster last episode. Um, yes. I'm like, they can't steal it away. Like, it busts out of the tablet immediately. Um... I want to give a quick shout out to Shada for saying, like, fucking Jaws voice, oh, we're going to need a bigger tablet. <laughs> um, but then we're back at it again at Kaiba Corp. Oh, fuck yeah. So there is there's a very funny moment here for me, which is that, like, for all the kidnappings and duels, it's knowing that Yugi went to Egypt um, with everyone else that makes Kaiba finally decide, well, fuck it, me too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, why would the Geek Squad fly to Egypt? And then there's um, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of just like cuts to this episode. We're kind of bouncing all over the place because we're back in throne room again, um, and like Thief King. Welcome to my ancient Egyptian dual disc I, system. I fucking love Literally. that there are ancient Egyptian dual discs. <laughs> yeah, so officially they're called Dia Diank. Yeah, yeah. They're ancient Egyptian dual discs. They're like, yeah, and they're like, they're little piece of pieces of like jewelry, like a kind of an arm bracer, which has like a fucking gold fan thing that comes out. Which like, when you summon a monster, like the monster kind of appears on the fan. Um, but like they, they, you know, Thief, Thief King Bakur is about to go sicko mode, and the priests are like, right, it's ready for action. And they whip out these diadanks, and Yami is just like, oh, sh- cool, you guys have dual discs. Um, yeah. Yet again, he's like, he's Shimon like, is like, "Dude, what are you on about? Are you okay?" Um, Shimon's like explains his very elaborate system of magic um, that is used to summon monsters, and Yami just looks at him and goes, "So it's just like dual monsters, pretty much." <laughs> and he also kind of seems like he's really into it. He's just like, "Oh yeah, I love card games. Finally, something familiar. I can get behind this." Um, yeah, the, the system is like, oh, we store the spirits of evil Ka in tablets in the tablet storage pyramid, and then we can summon them with these to engage in combat. It's it's, it's chill monsters. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, Thief King Bakura stole uh, Aknam Kanan's. I keep wanting to call him Aknatan, but that's I think a real guy. So one of the things one of the things he stole from Aknam Kanan's tomb outside of all the treasures, and also. Uh, his corpse <laughs> is in fact an ancient Egyptian dual disc system for himself. Mm-hmm. So he is ready to go head to head with the priest, especially since Diabound is just absolutely OP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's also kind of yelling about how uh, the Pharaoh's dad did like fucking war crimes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, welcome. Welcome to part two of Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong. He destroyed yeah. <laughs> Bakura's village to forge the Millennium Items. We'll get there, but <laughs> uh, he... Does he say that in the dub? That's what he says in the dub. Oh, shit. Yeah. He doesn't get that far in uh, in the sub. Um, um, and then he does, you know, he does go off and how there's like a tablet in a village called Kul Elna that if you put the Millennium Items into it, you'll gain unlimited power or something like that they call it the millennium stone mm-hmm. yeah and uh, of the six priests five of them are like what the fuck are you on about but Akhenaten like starts to flip out and he is basically like uh words can't hurt me these this eye is Gucci um <laughs> and meanwhile he's like oh my god Oh my god, if he's from Kualna, this is ooh, this is about to break bad. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think he says, like, does he say something like, oh, if he's from Cool Elna, then that explains why there's so much evil in his heart? I think so. That could the- be later. Later on. Um, they say, yeah, like, it's a little later on. the items react to people's inner darkness, so, like, what does that make them? So much darkness! Um, yeah. And then, you know, the, everyone basically summons uh, a monster. Uh, and they're Like, they're trying to create Captain Planet. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I love this bit. Like, <laughs> and, like, they're all, like, almost, but not quite, like, the dual monsters we're really familiar with. Like, yeah. they have, instead of polymerization, they have fusion. Um, and uh, just, like, as a way to point this out, like, the scales are just a living polymerization card. Yeah. Uh, Set uses, like, Battle Ox, one of Kaiba's other cards. Uh, mm. We have, like, Illusion Magician instead of Dark Magician. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they who use, is Mahad? Uh, just don't know. They fuse, like, Battle Ox and Mystic Horsemen to create Rabbit Horsemen, which is mm-hmm. just, like, a centaur, but the top half is, like, a bull. Mm, mm, mm. Um, In the midst of all this, as well, Yami, ha- like, gets to, like, a breaking point with the level of disrespect Bakura has shown him, which is, like, fine. He's like, is this a game to you? He's like... And uh, Bakura's I mean, yeah. like, yeah, and I'm thriving. <laughs> Yeah, Bakura asks Yami if he's experiencing botherations. <laughs> and Yami's just like, stop desecrating my father's corpse. At which, to which point, like, Bakura, like, actually calls him out and is just like, you are getting offended on behalf of a father you don't even even remember. That's interesting. Uh, you don't know him. And, and Yami's like, you have no fuck, yeah, I don't actually remember him at all. <laughs> Also, at this point, uh, Shimon, like, steps forward and, like, tearfully, like, cries on uh, Aknam Cannon's corpse and, like, defends him. Is like, he didn't do war crimes. He would never do war crimes. He was a good man. Um, like, Yami suddenly gets this message from beyond the grave from Aknam Kamen that's like, justice lies with the Egyptian gods. Yami decides he is tired of being nice, and it is time to go apeshit. And he's like, he's like, he's like, all right, all right, enough. He's like, I just saw you body six of the strongest magical users in the kingdom. I'm not doing this anymore. It's god time, and here comes Obelisk. Oh yeah, here's Daddy. Yeah, Um, Bakura. Bakura is unprepared for this, which probably he shouldn't be. Um. It's just, oh, and because he yeah. steps forward, he's like, oh, aren't you forgetting about God? And like, everyone's like, oh my God, he's, he bought a dude. How is he bought a dude? How does the Pharaoh know the God's name? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Every, everyone's so hype. It's so hype. I'm hype. He does the thing. I, there's like a bit about uh, Bakura using like blue eyes to support his attack. And then suddenly mm. in present day at Kaiba so, Corp. So just Kaiba- really quickly. Really, Dan, I, 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 this moment is very confusing. Yeah, but it is. Basically, what Bakura does is complete bullshit, and yeah. um, he, he, u- has Diabound use Burst Stream, um, and like the blue eyes comes out like yeah. in, in like a projection essentially from Diabound. Wait, um, we did like we didn't. He just like. 
we didn't see blue eyes, did we? Did we? The head of it. The yeah, head of it. Is just, Fuck, it's really? Just like sort of, yeah, on top. Like, because it's like, Dia Bound uses Burst Stream. And then, like, it cuts the Dia Bound and there's, like, an overlay of blue eyes, like, oh my shooting out Burst Stream. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't, like, I my eyes fucking didn't work. Because, like, <laughs> I like I was just like, oh, whoa, like, Dia Bound and Blue Eyes have the same attack for some reason. That's strange. And then we get the kind of thing back in the real world. I didn't, like, see the, huh. Huh. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so Dan, please take it away yeah. to Kaiba Corp. Back in Kaiba Corp, in the present day, Kaiba thinks he hears blue eyes. He's like, what the hell? And then we see a sad lady outside the city where uh, Yami and Bakura are. As the sun sets over Egypt. A waif looks on. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, alright, let's do games. Yeah. What you been playing? Uh, so, I've been playing Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling, on PC and consoles. It's a very good game. I mentioned playing it a while back, and I'm back into it. Uh, let's see. There, I'm in Chapter 5. I've, I've been doing like a bunch of side stuff. Uh, I have Hard Mode on, because Hard Mode gives better rewards, and when you beat mm-hmm. a boss in Hard Mode, you get like a medal that helps you out. By the mm-hmm. way, Bug Fables is like designed to be very similar to Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. So you have stuff like medals that give, like, special abilities in, in like, combat. Uh, A few highlights. Uh, Let's see. I beat a secret boss and was able to get a secret fourth party member uh, named Chompy. uh, Chompy? Who's just, like, our pet... Our little pet uh, Venus flytrap thing. Uh, There's... There's like a su- there's like a whole side area where the main thing you can do is like play a card game tournament using like using like uh, data from info. Er, let me restart that. Uh, mm. Let me explain how this card game is. So in Paper Mario fashion, there's an there's a side thing you can do where for every enemy you can use a function called Spy. Uh, spy essentially tells you how much HP the enemy has and how much of that same enemy has that ability. Like, whenever you encounter that enemy again in the wild, they have the stats. Uh, when, and of course, with it comes, like, the bestiary, which is just, like, a little entry with, like, things from each character commenting on that monster. Uh, and then, like, about... After the second chapter, you beat an optional boss and you unlock a special card game that uses the info off these monsters that you fight. And you, like, have to go around, like, the main area. You fight, like, the four masters of the card game, which is called Spy Cards. And when you beat the four masters, you can participate in a tournament where... Where you face off against other card game players, and 
And it's the best way to make money in the game. And also, the champion, the first time you play the tournament, is a bug who is wearing a colorful feather headdress. Well, not headdress, more like a hat with feathers on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and named Boogie. Okay, uh, so it's pronounced Boogie, not Buggy. Yeah. Okay. I thought, like, the screen cap is so good. It's like B-U hyphen G-I rules. And, like, his whole thing is that he has the deck he inherited from his grandpa. And he's powered by friendship. It's Boogie. so good. It's really good. My uh, Boogie all the time. Audrey, what have you been at? Um, I've been playing uh, my way through Talus Principle, which is Portal for girls whose Tomb Raider was Assassin's Creed and whose Bejeweled was <laughs> Tetris. It's really not that complicated. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's, it's a fairly straightforward puzzle game. Um, you play as a robot. I don't think that's a spoiler. I was able to figure it out pretty quickly. Uh, who wakes up on an island and hears a voice saying, you are my child, come solve my puzzles, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you solve their puzzles, and you get to see like a little bit of the like team that created the AI to begin with, uh, and I, gu- I guess part of the mystery, which I still haven't solved myself, is figuring out like what happened to the AI and humanity in general, since you wake up like very isolated and you're mm-hmm. the only existing like sentient being on Mm -hmm. the island uh but it's it's fun it's like it's very the puzzles so far at least have been pretty straightforward and easy i haven't had a lot of difficulty solving them but it's nice to like have a little bit of a mental workout without feeling (laughs) like a crushing defeat Mm -hmm. Mm game yeah, yeah Sarah, I, I have Sarah, have you detroit become gamer well no i started playing fire emblem again a bit but like <laughs> i don't like i can't really be bother talking about it like i've not i've just been i've been enjoying just like the chess part of it because um you know i just i picked up because i did uh black eagles route but then like i created a different save file at the kind of path choice so that I could go back to that later. So now I've gone back to that and I'm like, oh, what does the other choice do? Like, what happens when you decide to be pro-church? But the thing is, I really hate being pro-church, but I just want to do what happens. I just want to see what happens on that route. So I'm just kind of like playing through it while not Um, being that investigated. Investigated? Invested. Unfortunately, Miss Reyes titties. Unfortunately, the Pope has a great ass and I want to save that ass. (laughs) I think I'll I think I'll marry the Pope this time if I can. Um But yeah, that's the, about it really. The Pope is a nasty little Saudi and just died clapping her ass cheeks on Instagram. She sure did. <laughs> Press F everyone. Two hundred and three. Mahad's determination. Oh god, what a transition. <laughs> <laughs> the intruder, part two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Obelisk and Diabound, like, that clash ends in a draw. They both, like, unsummon. Uh, Thief King, Becker, is just like, oh shit, like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is really good at card games. I'd never have known this. I'd better leave. Um, there's some stuff he's just, like, really surprised that the fairy was able to summon God. Um, and then he kind of pieces out. He's like, right, Mahad, I'll be later to get my Millennium Ring from you. Um, he, he literally just goes, like, 
Anyway, bye. <laughs> he does leaves. He then does he, horse parkour. I love the horse parkour so much. <laughs> Bakura has become horse parkour guy. So my two favorite parts of this, is, as it transitions out from this into modern times, is Yami looking at this and going like, hey, why the fuck does Bakura have blue eyes power? And then like smash cutting to Kaiba in modern times being like, hey, what the fuck is going on with blue eyes? Yeah, yeah, he's just like sitting there being like, I'm not owned. It's not bothering me. I'm not sitting here constantly thinking about the thing Bakura said about my connection to blue eyes. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Okay, let's go to Egypt. Yeah. yeah, he's going to Egypt to prove that God's not real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. And to prove that he's, he's not friggin- owned. He's a friggin' R atheist <laughs> subredditor. It's so good. Um, um, Bakura tricking me into a shadow game and bringing me this cursed artifact does not make me believe in magic. Hearing the blue eyes cry out in my mind, though, a bitch just might. A bitch just might. Um, yeah, he also, like, kind of inspects the Millennium Eye, and it, like, glows, and he gets, like, a little peek into what's going on in Millennium World, which, I don't know, wonder what, I'm sure it's nothing, I'm sure it won't come up again. Always sunny voice said Okaiba has a vision. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he gets in the blue eye jet, flies to Egypt, um, just being like, there's no such thing as feared. Um, and then we cut to, like, the, I've called it the card storage pyramid. It's, like, a kind of graveyard thing where they store the tablets that the cars they extract from evil people are in. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. Set has a great plan for um, fighting rampant crime in uh, in ancient Egypt, which is to go full corrupt and torture criminals into developing a stronger car. Yeah, he's like... As a CEO, I must exploit people. Even my ancient Egyptian self. Yeah. They sure left out that part. They just (laughs) said they're gonna make an army with bad people. Um, Um, I mean, it's kind of in the same line where, like, Seto is like, oh, well, this is uh, we do two things at once. Like, we get rid of bad people and we also get their car from people. Like... uh, that's I've explained yeah. that really badly. Fuck. He is he is explicitly saying this to Akhenaten, who is the only other person in the room with him. Um, and Akhenaten, as like sets going off about like this awesome plan to create an army through torture, um, realizes again that Bakura might be a survivor of the cool Elna incident. What? Ever that means we're not I mean, giving any insight in, I'm sure into it, that right now. Oh, oh, we're no insight. So the the insight where Akhenaten is recalling the incident at Cool Elna and like there's fucking flames appearing in his eyes as he flashes <laughs> so, back yeah. to this. I'm yeah. sure it's nothing. I'm sure that doesn't mean anything. Right. So so Akhenaten is realizing that if Bakura knows the name Cool Elna, that he may be a survivor of the Cool Elna incident again, whatever that may be, and that. As a survivor, his thirst for revenge must therefore be, and the exact word used here is, immeasurable. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So Hmm. once again, I say, Thief King Bakura did nothing wrong, and all the good guys here suck. Uh, Pharaoh Aknam Kamen is Pokemon going to hell. (laughs) It really Um, is. Really? Yeah. Um, Um... so Set, Set, who has no idea about any of this cool Elna stuff, 
um, only sees how powerful Diabound was and saw that it was fueled by hate. And he's like, listen, this dude has a car that was strong enough to fight six of us at once, fueled by hate. I want to replicate that. And Akhenaten's like, no, absolutely not. You cannot do this thing. And then he like just I think he just goes and does it. It's fine. Um, and we cut to Isis is having problem using the Millennium necklace. She's out of bar, which is like as we learned from the RPG, her life points. Huh. Wow. Um. She is she is sitting with um Shada and Kaleem, which OT three. Am I right, fellas? Um. But uh. They they are very concerned about her. They're like, do not, you know, overextend yourself. Since Please take a nap. Since your ba is bad right now. Can't spell ba bad without ba. A. A. Um, and then it's also kind of like out in, out in the balcony. It's really sad. Like, Yami is sort of staring out over the city, looking down at his, like, blank cartouche, sadly, thinking about his friends. Um, and he kind of, like, drops it, and it cuts to where the guys are inside the Millennium Puzzle Labyrinth. And he just misses his friends. Hmm. Um, we get some friends. funny MC Escher shenanigans here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yami and... Or, sorry, Yugi and friends with, the, with like, the aid of Shadiar trying to navigate the maze of the Pharaoh's mind, trying to find, like, a way into the Millennium world. The true door, which even Shoddy was unable to find on his own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, they, like, go through a door and it, like, they come out another door that's behind them and, like, get fallen into a trap and stuff. They're just experiencing botherations. But the main botheration that I'm experiencing is Anzu. Whenever Anzu is like, oh, hey, um, Yugi, like, you know the Pharaoh best. Like, do do you feel anything from him that, like, might help us navigate stuff? Yugi's just like, yeah, I feel that he's really sad. <laughs> and again, we like cut back to, to Yami Pharaoh mode being like, I don't know anyone here. I'm really lonely. I don't know if these people are my friends. Do I know them? What's going on? He just This is his um, friends. Which which does lead us to the introduction of You've now met my wife, you've met my husband. Welcome to my daughter, Mana. Oh yeah. yeah, Mana's here. Yeah, Yami uh, and uh, Mahad are walking through the palace, and Yeet, a teen girl, busts out of a jar. A teen girl who looks a lot like uh, Dar- I mean, who? Who? I mean, what? Who? Huh? What are you talking Hoops. about? Um, <laughs> she's what? That's uh, that can't be right. Dar- is like has yellow hair. Uh, Mana clearly has brown hair. They're not the same. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Um, Yet again, like the first, again, like the first time I saw this girl, I was like, oh, a new character. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Who is she? A friend. I actually, yeah. I actually kind of thought that she was Anzu for like a few uh, episodes. I was like, she doesn't look quite like Anzu, but I kind of recognize her. I d- Who is she? So she is, she is like extremely familiar with, the pharaoh yeah and she yami's like a big hog she's like and yami's like holy shit do you know who i am and mana's like yeah obviously you're the prince he's so i mean you're happy. the pharaoh he's so happy to have a friend 
He's like, do you know what my name is, Mana? Please, my name. And she's like, you're the prince. I mean, the pharaoh. The prince is the prince and the prince is the pharaoh. That's That's it. That's who you are. (laughs) I'm not going to say your name, even if I don't know it. Meanwhile, Bakura is eating an onion like an apple. He's doing it is, what oh my god, Tyrion Lannister does in like chapter fucking three of Game of Thrones. He eats this it is, onion like an apple. This is I th- yeah, this is the worst moment in the series for me. <laughs> Bakura biting into a head of garlic like an apple multiple times. Multiple times. He doesn't he just do it once. He does I would it do multiple it. times. It makes me want to dead. Um it makes me want to I do mean, it. I'm gonna do this. I okay, I forgot to prepare a piece of garlic, but one in there during season six of Pod of Greed the Podcast, I, Sarah, will eat a piece of garlic like an apple. I make you this promise now. Um well, as he I'm, Sorry, go, go I'm on, glad we can confirm that Bakura is the Wario to Yami's Mario. Um, <laughs> um while while he's Sorry. creating, uh, committing culinary crimes against God, um, Bakura admits that he was overambitious to try to get all seven items at once, and he sets his eye on the ring first, which again he'd already called out as being like to Mahad earlier when he was in the uh when they were dueling before being like hey i got news for you buddy that ring is mine and it's gonna be mine again soon um yeah and then we kind of cut to the next day in the town uh mahad is there walking fast um we see the town is like all fucked up from the bandit attack and there's like a child who's like please mr mahad protect us from the bad thief king uh mahad is like yes were you trying to do a sex pistols voice or oh well i was doing my like urchin voice but i can do please mr mahad protect us from the bad thief king oh not great okay You asked for it, sort of. Did, no, I asked if you were trying to do it. I didn't ask for you to do it. See, now you know. When I'm trying to do a Sex Pistols voice... You will know, Audrey! Uh, anyway, enough. yeah, the, the Millennium Ring jangles ominously in the direction of Thief King Bakura. Um, and then we cut away to uh, Yami in the garden with his fucking new best friend, Mana. Yeah. Uh, um, Mana's like, oh, it wasn't brought up earlier, but like Mana's like a witch, in, like a magician in training mm-hmm, or a sorcerer mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's yes. like a whole bit where like she like throws a bunch of guards so <laughs> oh, they yeah, wouldn't bother yeah. her, and then like she can't figure out how to unfreeze them. Like Mahad yeah, is so, just like, all right, I'll help you, and it's very yeah. Sweet. Good she's Mahad's. She's Mahad's student. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. Um, yeah, there's a there's that like there's the bit where she's like, oh, your name? Why? You're the prince. What, what do you, what do you need your name for? Blah blah blah. Um, and then we see Maha like Isis comes over, talks to Mahad about like, oh, we can't find Bakura. Um, so she's she's using the talk to try to locate Bakura. Um, of she isn't able to give like Mahad any tips at this point but she sort of practices by herself and does locate Bakura and all she's able to see is just a shroud of darkness cut through by one bright light which is Mahad 
who has been sent now to protect Akhenam Khan and sarcophagus as it is returned to its tomb. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he kind of he leaves to embark on that journey to put 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 sarcophagus back in tomb. Um, Mana kind of throws a little 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 tantrum where she's like, "Please, I'm your apprentice. I have to go with you to protect you." Um, at which point Shimon comes in and is like, "Mana, dude, like Mahad is the ultimate wizard in terms of attack and defense. Like he's so powerful that he had to seal part of his own fucking soul away. Like he'll be fine." Oh, sorry. Just one one other point I want to get to before mm-hmm. we continue that we sort of dis- is that when when Yami is in the garden with Mahad and Mana before he's like, "Wow, damn! Why do I feel so connected and comfortable around these incredibly familiar magicians?" Must be a coincidence. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. It, it'll, it will come up again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mahad is off to uh, Akram Kanan's tomb to like put that thing back where it came from. Um, Isis stops him on the way and he's like, oh, did you have a vision about some bad stuff happening to me? Um, Isis like, doesn't or like he stops her before she can say anything more about it but the only thing she says to him before he leaves for the tomb is like but you do win though yeah so mahad realizes basically from isis's demeanor hesitation yeah Mm -hmm. hesitation and everything that he is going to die i think i think you can say that pretty securely that he realizes that this is like a suicide mission for himself at this point yeah um that um but she yes but as she says like even even despite that you still win which is like interesting to think about but who knows what that means Mm. um and mahad prepares the face bakura and acknowledges that he'll likely need to use dark magic what kind of magic noise Uh uh-huh i'm sure like a dark magician what who i'm sure it's nothing i'm censoring that during the edit just, just like the, you know what? Never mind. Um, yeah, and then uh, we get a f- flashback within the memory flashback to Baby Pharaoh. I love to see it. Yeah, it's. Oh, one thing I want to know is like during this scene, uh, the little uh, Yami has like Yugi's voice. <gasps> really? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so it's like. Little little Yami and little Mana are like like having a nice time in the gardens. And then like little Mahad notices a snake coming for them and Mahad like like uh fights the snake, gets it away, uh, but gets bitten. So little Yami sucks the poison out. It's it's fine. They they care for each other very much. It's uh, really good. Baby Pharaoh is fucking class conscious as fuck. He's ready to burn the thrones and build the tables. He's just like, you know, Mahad is like, oh, Pharaoh, you, you shouldn't be sucking poison out of my arm. Don't do this. You're a Pharaoh. And he's having none be, of it. To be fair, I, I don't think we can say that Mahad is like low class. Yeah. He's in training to be the court magician. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he's got the spirit, I guess. <laughs> And then after that delight, uh, we cut back to Mahad, who has just arrived at uh, Akram Khan's tomb. And he's like, 
you know, charging up his stand power in preparation to fight uh, Thief King Bakura. Um, and yeah, Bakura also arrives at the tomb. Uh, like he goes in and like some rocks fall and like he's been trapped inside with Mahad. Um, Mahad went with like a contingency that yeah. set up this trap where they sealed off the the tomb yeah. once Mahad and yeah. Bakura were inside. And then kind of the the episode ends with you know he's glowing with stand energy by the time Bakura arrives in the scene and. That's where things cut off. I will go down with this ship. Na, 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 na. Hell yeah. Um, now I do like I do have a little uh, Orientalism segment, but like we have gone very long. So if you guys want to just go to questions, uh, that I like, Let's, I would understand. I, th- I think we're. I'd rather listen, hear we're... about Orientalism. Okay. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Welcome to Sarah Reads Orientalism the Book Book Club. Um So yeah, the last time I just kind of like I had some notes based on the introduction that I'd read like ages ago. Uh but this this week I read kind of the first part of uh the first chapter, uh which was called Knowing the Oriental. Um I also last week I probably should have mentioned that um what the word orientalism means like in this context um in the context which this book was written it just means like the study of the orient like you can go to uni and do like chinese studies like i know people who have done chinese studies or you could do hebrew studies and like those are within the field that used to be known as orientalism but like obviously isn't anymore because as this book explains it's super fucking problematic um, so that's kind of what that the word means when I'm talking about it here. Just for some clarification, because I don't know if that was clear last time. Um, but yeah, so this chapter like it opens up with like a little discussion of British rule in Egypt, and it looks at some of the language, the what the politicians used to talk about this at the time. And obviously, like he goes into it, it's a bunch of just incredible racism. Like we all know how fucking colonialism works. Like I don't really need to go into it um Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing that i learned in this section was that okay so the british took control of egypt in like 1870 fucking whatever and the guy they brought in to like quote unquote run the country was the guy that used to sort of manage stuff in india and they brought this guy in and he was like Oh yeah, yeah. Like, of course I can do. Of course I can run Egypt. Like, I used to run India, and they're basically the same. Um, like, cool. literally, nice. fucking said that. I was like, what the fuck? Um, and this also made me realize that like, Saeed spent the last like fifty pages or something like discussing Egypt, and like, hey, 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 where's Egypt? Uh, Africa. Yeah, is that the Orient? I don't know. Like genuinely, like the 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 thing yeah. that I took away from this chapter is that like where the fuck is the Orient? Like is Japan in the Orient? Is Egypt like are these like Japan is definitely in the Orient. Like but the thing like the thing that I kind of took away was like that the Orient kind of like doesn't exist. Like yeah. it's kind of just nothing. It's like this term that people have used to basically do racism. Um it's also like 
a collection of weird tropes about like mysticism that like also like are bullshit. Um, and it just kind of made me realize that we're here as from like a sort of American and me perspective, looking at anime made in Japan about Egypt and they don't even go to Egypt in the original manga. And there's cause kind of like this Pepe Silvia board of bullshit that is like, ah, uh, oof, ah. Um, and like, you know, what Sayu goes into in the chapter is like basically how what the study of Orientalism does is like lump people together into different groups and mm. and you know, historically he talks about fucking Henry Kissinger <laughs> in this chapter. And I was like, uh Who is Pokemon going to die? Who is Pokemon going to die? And oh. how like uh the study of Orient it just like lumps people together into different groups, which obviously that's that's just fucking racism but then also lumps those groups together into being all the same thing um and just the general the billy ray cyrus much to think about thing here is just that umbrella terms like kind of suck um at the end of the day um which also made me think about like i'm closing the book the segment's kind of over but it also made me think about how the there's like been a few theaters on my Twitter feed which have started talking about how they're going to retire the use of the word BAME or BAME or B-A-M-E, um, which mm. has been used as a kind of umbrella term for fucking non-white um, when they're looking for like non-white actors or non-white uh, writers and stuff. Um, I think the bell- for for our non-British listeners, can you just say what BAME stands for? Oh, uh, Black, Asian, and Minority Ethnicities. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the I think it was the Belgrade Theatre put a thing out and was like, no, no, we're not going to use this. Like, if we want black actors, we're going to say that. If you want uh, Asian writers, we're going to say that. And like, the importance of just being specific. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of much to think about. Cool. Thank you, Sarah. Nice. Good to hear. Woo. Uh as as we bring that up my my impression of the orient as much as i um understood it what and again like these very colonial terms mm-hmm. um is that the orient is whatever the west is not yeah right. yeah yeah right so like yeah i think i think under those terms like yeah egypt absolutely is the orient japan is the orient um it's, yeah yeah like I think like he doesn't explain he doesn't mention that Egypt happens to be in Africa because like he doesn't really need to like it's right. it's cl- like it's clear what he's talking about um but it just yeah it just struck me yeah yeah uh, it's, it's super interesting yeah all right questions questions uh, so first question for this week and uh, we've got like three questions from marshmallow um <laughs> first of all what class would you take if you were going back in time to engage in shenanigans and what perks slash bonuses would that class oh like an RPG class yeah that makes I was like oh school I'd take history actually that's my answer I'd take a history class (laughs) um I mean if we're using D&D terms probably I would be uh, a fighter which I think just has like the most uh diverse and applicable skill set mm-hmm mm-hmm I'm going to think a little bit outside the box and say a street samurai from Shadowrun. I just have cyborg parts. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And it's basically going... 
a cyborg fighter. You're going to confuse all your uh, NPC enemies to death. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, the next question from Elvir, which is a great question, which says, which is worse, a hundred card-sized statues or one statue-sized deck of cards? Mm. Um, I'm going to go with the one statue-sized deck of cards. Yeah, it's definitely the, the statue one. Uh, or the deck of cards. Statue-sized deck of cards, easily. Imagine the domino yeah. effect. Tremendous. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, according, based on what we see in this episode, Bakura's one card, essentially, Diabound, um, lays waste to a whole stack of other monsters. So I'm not sure. I think I'm going to have to go with the opposite. Okay. So the thing is, my, my, my reasoning for this is that if you have one statue-sized deck of cards, then you have to live with the shame of having spent your entire life collecting those cards. Yeah. But, true. Yeah, I could never live with it. Um, the, shame, the gamer shame. The gamer shamer. The shamer's game. Um, and our final question, uh, again from Stephen Marshmallow, says, "When it's finally revealed, what is the Pharaoh's true name going to be?" Now, I, my instinctive answer for this is to say Greg, and then I've looked at fucking Jake, who's posted under spoilers in the chat, also Greg. So, Greg minds think alike, I guess. I was gonna say Craig. <gasps> Craig was, recording. Craig was yummy all along. Hmm. The twist. He's right here with us in our hearts at our recording booth. It's Dan Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. It's Dan Green. It's been Dan Green all along. Um, there is one more question from Steven. Is there? Yeah. How does one become a bandit king anyway? Steal a crown? Steal a king? What's a... Uh, What's a crime to a non-believer? So this is actually, interestingly, um, actually answered directly by Bakura in the manga. Um, huh. He he says a king is... he As he pulls up to the palace draped in the spoils of his tomb raiding, he says... Um, I, a king is just someone who's draped in gold, so I guess that makes me a king as well. A king of thieves, that is. Ha 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 ha. Huh. I mean, hey, we haven't mentioned it during this episode, but Yami, Feru Yami is draped in gold and he looks fresh as fuck. I love the way this man looks or this team looks. They are all dripping. Yeah. Oh, the drip. Like, he's just got the most... I fucking went through a phase where I kept buying huge gold earrings because I was watching the Millennium (laughs) World arc and I just really wanted to look (laughs) dripping, like... And like, 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 also, like his hair. Like, instead of just having the sort of five or seven, however many, just like single hair spikes, he's kind of like they're like fluffed out. Like, there's loads of little hairs. He just looks really. It's good. natural hair. Oh, he just looks really good. Oh, thinking about it. Um, but yeah, that is that's episode. That's it. I am gonna like I'll just quickly go over because we do have some Patreon we have Patreon hey guys guys we have a Patreon and you should give you should give us cash money to our Patreon if you have enjoyed this content we this week we released a commentary track for a pyramid of light which we all watched together and commented on and had some great banter while we were doing so we released that that is on our uh, private Patreon RSS feed and you can get it uh, from just two dollars a month and money please money, money please. please you want content give money um 
Also, if you donate at the $5 tier level, we'll also give you, like, voting rights so you can, you know, help decide what we watch. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of episodes. Um, and we'll give you, like, a cool role in the Discord. Uh, then if you want to bump that up to $10 a month, we will start sending you physical products, like cool mugs and cool shirts and worm on a string. And it'll be all be very good. Please give us money. We would love that. So, here are y'all. I'm Dan. You can find me at a lot of places, and you can find all those places at uh, linktr.ee slash Mike underscore Dawson with a zero. From there, you can find my Twitter. You can find the other podcasts I'm on, which are Stranger's Fiction and actual play podcasts focused on one-shots. And uh, the Sonic Shuffle, a random and holistic Sonic Lore podcast where we change topic from week to week. I am Audrey. You can find me on Twitter and on Tumblr at Optimum on Prime. Um, you can also find the Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr pages for the Reticulation uh, at that at that site. That is R E T I C U L A T I O N. Um, with the in front of it, uh, which is a up and coming website that will be highlighting LGBT voices in pop culture criticism. And that's basically my C's. Nice, nice, nice. I have been Sarah. You can find me everywhere on the internet at Sarah Mook Costumes, S-A-R-A-H-M-C-C Costumes. And you can visit Really Big Dice, which is my Etsy shop. And you can go to narrotohead.band for my uh, Naruto D-Watch podcast. We have been pot of greed you can find us on twitter at pot of greedcast you can find us on potofgreed.tumblr.com you can visit kaiba.online for a good time also our patreon is at uh, patreon.com forward slash pod of greed p-o-d with a d uh, and we are a official member of the noisespace.xyz network you can go there to find great podcasts such as the aforementioned henry kissinger is pokemon going to die not a threat just the fact um and also if you care to you could go to like itunes and shit and, and leave us a five-star review i'm sure that's like a good thing to do other podcasts seem to want you to do it so let's do it and let's lay ourselves face down i i set myself face down in a sarcophagus it's comfy I activate uh, absolution of anything Bakura did because he did nothing wrong and end my term. <laughs> nice speech. Sock the hedgehog. <laughs>